Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Monday. It is so hot. It's so hot. I'm feeling a little dehydrated, perhaps some heat exhaustion. So freaking dehydrated. Yeah. Just drink all the water and it doesn't help. It literally doesn't. Like, I almost, I felt sick on the car ride home. It was just like, ugh. Oh, I hate that feeling. I know. But here we are, thriving, alive, beating heart. There's a pimple on my shoulder. A pimple? Remember when we both got a rash at the same time? On my shoulder. Have you ever gotten a pimple on your shoulder? Yes, I have. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Have you ever gotten um, a pimple on your back? I feel like people experience that a lot. They use oh, a str- I used to get a lot of pimples on my back. Really? It's a disgusting conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, no, no shame. No shame for your for acne. Sorry. Oh, no, no shame. Um, but I do shame my own acne, so we can talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I used to get, I used to get a lot of pimples on my back. Huh. Not anymore. It's clear as day now. Okay. Okay. Clear as day. Clear as day. Accutane. Thank you, Accutane round two. Round two for clearing that up. But yeah, I used to get that. You know why I used to get that? Why? Because I would wear sugar lips. Remember sugar lips? Of course. A double sugar lip was the move with the Yeah, I would wear a double sugar lip. The sweat cannot permeate that. No. I think I have a pimple right now. So the sweat, you know, you would wear a double sugar lip being trendy and cute. And then the sweat would like build up and get stuck there in your back and clog your back pores. Disgusting. Disgusting. Ouchies. Yeah. Remember Sophie Shore, a double roll if you wanted to be cool. Mm, Sophie Shore, a double roll with a double sugar lip and a hot loop choker. And <laughs> Well, what about those headbands that we used to get? Tie-dye was like super in when we were in elementary school. Mm-hmm. We loved a tie-dye, a tie-dye Ooh, headband. The what, what were they, like the terry cloth ones? Yes, of course. My <laughs> question for you becomes the following. Did you first nair your legs or did you shape them right away? I shaved. I never nared. You never nared. Okay, okay. Nared smells you disgusting. I did the first time because this girl came up to me and when I was wearing pajama pants, you know how we used to wear those like huge plaid pajama pants to school and like think it was cool. So this one time, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just like raised, raised my pant leg, which I don't know why I would do that. And she was like, oh, you don't shave your legs yet? And I was like, uh, (laughs) so then I narrowed that. Stop body shaming me. I know. She was, she was hair shaming me. Oh, I know my body, my choice. Yeah. You don't have to shave. You don't want to. Your body is at the time, I didn't know that. But it, I think about it now, the amount of hair I had on my leg was quite impressive. But I noticed now that after I did start shaving, I like don't grow hair in every piece of my leg. Do you? No, it's bizarre. I have <laughs> patches that are very hairy and then patches that not even one, not even one sprout. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Not a sprout in sight. You know not what I'm sprout in sight? What? It was. The hiccups, right? Uncontrollable. And I was thinking about like we when we have guest episodes and stuff, 
I was like, if I get the hiccups and I'm like out of commission for the first like 20 minutes, what do I do? Like, do we postpone? Do we reschedule? Do I just mute myself? <laughs> I have not thought about the hiccups in a hot minute. Yeah, it's because I was I was thinking about how when it's just me and you, we're like super flexible. We're like, okay, be on in two, be on in five, whatever. And then when we're with guests, we're usually like, okay, we got to obviously be on by the time we scheduled it. And I was like, what if, what if something delays us, something out of our control, like a hiccup? Like a hiccup fiasco, the great hiccup fiasco of 1982, remember? <laughs> what a shame. What a shame. Anyway. I hope that doesn't happen to us. I know, Sam. I hope I didn't just like get out into the universe. Yeah, you really did. Sheet. Oh, you manifested it. I did. Damn it. Well, if that comes true, I also manifest wealth. So please, if we're doing both in the same sentence, let's just... Oh, I will, I will gladly take a dose of a hiccup for some, some wealth. <laughs> for sure. I'll hiccup a whole day for some wealth. Oh my God, a whole day. That's uncomfortable, Julia. I, for a million dollars? You would hiccup all day long? Wow, that's commitment. For a million dollars, yeah. Okay. Would you not? No, I guess I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah. All right. How could you pass that up? I could be uncomfortable for one day. Also, it'll work your ab muscles. So you're getting a workout at the same time. It's really not so bad. Oh, it's it's actually a, a deal. It's a steal. It's actually a steal. A bargain. A bargain, perhaps. Okay. Okay, anyway, yeah. moving on, moving on. Um, Today, well, last weekend, yes, it'll be last weekend at this point, Um, was Pride. And I was in the city and it was so nice to see everybody celebrating. It was beautiful to see everybody in their rainbow clothes and everyone was in such good spirits. It was like a gorgeous day on Sunday when the parade was, which was really nice. And um, it's, it's still, everyone's still celebrating and we love Pride. Love is love. Love to see love. And so we're going to talk a little bit about actually a theme that was brought up in a yoga practice that I took that was centered around pride. Um, So we'll get to that after. And also on Thursday, we have Kayla Nielsen coming on and she is a yogi and like this incredible environmentalist and like amazing, amazing entrepreneur and woman. And um, we're going to be talking to her about some yoga things as well. So it's going to be a whole little like yoga, pride, authentic self, celebratory day. Yes, it's going to be incredible. Um, It's just such a beautiful thing. Like I really reflect on how far and I know that things aren't perfect. I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, discrimination and stuff that people still face, but it really is cool to see how things have shifted Mm -hmm. in terms of people acceptance and all of that and of course we wish that we didn't even have to have those people go through the hurdles that they had to in order to just love yeah. um but I'm glad that things are at least going in a specific direction mm-hmm. and yeah I feel like talking about just like authentically embracing who you are and all those different aspects that we'll get into yeah. is such a cool topic it is a cool topic love it so before we get into all of that Let's do our weekly routine of Pride and Pickle! Pride and Pickle. <laughs> um, let's see. My pride is, hmm, I feel like I'm getting 
a lot of responsibility at my full-time job, which feels obviously like a lot of work, but simultaneously is very like validating and rewarding. And um, it's just really cool how sometimes the unexpected places where you're like, why the hell am I here? And then when it starts mm-hmm. to make sense as to like why certain pieces come together, it feels yeah. cool. So that's wasn't part. that meme that I sent you so accurate? Oh my God, which one now? The one last about night? Work. Yeah, about work. That when you oh do my. get work, they give you more work. <laughs> Literally. So accurate, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and my pickle, I have a few pickles. I was thinking about like some fears that I have. Um, I have a big fear of like losing someone else's dog. I don't know why. <laughs> like of like the, leaving the gate open and someone's oh dog. God, if you ever mm-hmm. lost my dog. I know. I think it's probably because of you. I think you place that fear in me. No, but like either that or like I'm. I love my dog. You Why guys. are we manifesting this? Oh, we're not manifesting it. You you've related it to your dog, um, or no. like little things. Like I'm not that close with my dog. I wouldn't say, <laughs> but I always like whenever I drop like a blueberry, a grape, a chocolate on the floor, I like immediately panic that I'm gonna also kill someone's dog. So like, oh my really. God. Um, Where are these fears coming from? I don't know. I was just thinking about them. Also, ever since, so two days in a row, this first day, I watched a car accident before my eyes. And it was so, it was horrible, honestly. Like I wasn't even in the car, I was on the side of the road. And I watched it and I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then the next day I watched this man fall from his bicycle right into the middle of the road. (gasps) I feel like I just keep seeing really bad things happening. And I keep like thinking there's a deeper meaning to them. And I know there's not, but I just- Oh my God. I know, not good. Two more and then I'm done. I don't know why I'm sharing all these. Um, I have a really big fear of people finding me to be unreliable. Yeah. Um, which I don't actually think I am, but with like little instances and stuff, I start to get like fearful that I seem unreliable or undependable. Okay. Um, and the last thing is my parents always shout for me down the stairs and it's really annoying. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, <you. laughs> Thank you. Thank you for airing that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyways. absolutely. We well, we're doing a whole pride episode. So it's just like, you know what? Let's right, give get it, out all the pickles. Balance it out. Yeah. You're right. We can't have too much pride. No, no. <laughs> God forbid. Oh, how dare we? <laughs> um, No, I, I think saying it out loud is fabulous. <laughs> I have a couple. I'll, I'll, I'll join in. Okay. I'll let's, on the wagon. let's hear it, girl. Okay. Number one, every single, every single drain in my apartment clogged today. So my kitchen sink, my bathroom sink, and my bathtub, everything clogged because I guess it all goes to one pipe. So like one clogged, so then the rest of them clogged because I do shed. Oh, tremendous. Um, so I'm sure it was because of all my disgusting hair. So, um, so I called the super and the super came and then he couldn't fix it alone. So we had to call it back up. And then another guy came and then the two of them couldn't do it. So then they had to call oh. in another backup. And the third guy came and then they, after an hour, they finally fixed it. But it, they did some sort of surgery. Surgery? Yeah, some sort of pipe surgery. I don't know, man, but they fixed it. But it took three men in a full hour. That's honestly insane. It was insane. You hairy beast. Meanwhile, I was on a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and Ghost was losing her fucking mind for the whole hour. So it was, um, I, my cortisol was through the roof, but all is well, all is fixed. Ghost is fine. The meeting was, is over. I feel like you're always in a meeting. I'm often in meetings. 
Wow, how boring. I hate a meeting. No, I'm just kidding. They're so exciting meetings. So that was pro- that was pickle number one. Pickle number two, whenever it's like really hot out, I have such trouble focusing. Like I just, pro- I will do anything to procrastinate when it's hot out. Even if like, even if I'm inspired to do something, I still, when it's hot, I'm like, oh, but I got to do this and I got to do this and I have to procrastinate over here. And then I need to like stare at the couch for 17 hours. And then I need to like, like, like look at like these reservations online for an hour. Like I just find any reason to procrastinate when it's, um, when it's hot. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people find it hard to focus in that sense. Because all I want to do is like sit by a pool. So you're thinking about doing that or like you're going outside. Like you're thinking about wanting to be in a pool? Yes, I don't have a pool to sit in. <laughs> we if should I, get you one. If I did, I would be sitting in it. Understood, understood. Valid. You know? Yeah, I do. Do you have any other pickles to share? Me? Um... No, me. You're oh. in <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were bringing it back to me. I'm like, shit, I thought I shared enough. No, we're on, it's my turn. It's my turn, girl. Um... No, I think that's it. Okay. For now, for now. What about a pride? Like, let's be a little positive, huh? Yeah, yeah, Um, My pride, my pride this week is, okay, well, I'll bring, I'll tie my pride into what we're about to move into because my pride this week really is um, just like feelings. Well, actually here, it's a little different, but it goes in, I feel so strong. Like my body feels so strong. Lately, because I've been practicing yoga like multiple times a week and I just feel so like strong and flexible and like I like I feel the most fit I have like ever I think oh my god what a feeling I don't even do and I didn't start doing yoga like for that purpose like I wouldn't say that I started doing yoga to like get fit but I am and I feel so like strong I love that for you. What a good feeling. It's a good feeling. So that's nice. So speaking of yoga, I'm very excited to talk to Kayla because as you all know, I'm a very big yoga fan and I'm excited to speak to her. And the reason that I love yoga so much is that one of the foundational principles of yoga is what you're practicing on the mat hopefully will translate into your everyday life. So whatever it is that you're, whatever type of intention you're bringing into your practice, physicalizing it on the mat and then being able to to have that transpire into your everyday life, which is something that I personally really love about yoga. And I'm excited to talk to Kayla um, on that principle about and what she feels about it. Cause I feel like she can probably articulate that um, principle much better than I can. Um, since I am not a yoga teacher um, and have not like studied other other than like my own practices, but um, that's one of the things I love about it the most. And I was doing um, a yoga practice this morning and it was from a couple of days ago, but Ross Rayburn, who I love, who is one of the instructors on Peloton, he led a pride celebration practice. And since it's pride and since we're talking about yoga, Brennan and I thought that this would be a really interesting topic to talk about because the idea or theme that he had brought into the class was celebrating 
the authentic parts of ourselves that maybe sometimes we shame or push away or don't give light to because maybe it's different or something we're uncomfortable, a piece of ourselves we're uncomfortable with. And I thought that that was just such a beautiful theme. Obviously, it was, you know, intrinsically tied to pride and being queer, gay, or LGBTQ+, whatever you identify as, um, and, and celebrating those parts of our ourselves. And, but he was saying beyond that, even if you don't identify with that community, what are, what are parts of your authentic self that you can celebrate that maybe you hide or you shame or you push away. And I thought that that would be fun to talk about those authentic parts of ourselves because Brenda and I uh, don't, even though we support with all of our hearts, the LGBTQ community, we're not part of that community, but we love that community very, very much. Um, so we won't be so literal with it uh, in th that sense, but talking about authentic parts of ourselves that maybe we push away or shame. And he brought it up because he said, if we can all, you know, celebrate those authentic parts of ourselves, it might incline us to celebrate those authentic parts of others. And I thought that that was really beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I think it just all comes back down to like in any any way that we've already seen on this show, obviously he's talking about authenticity in a very specific type of way, but I feel like it, it is exactly what we see here where it's like when we lead with vulnerability or we lead with authenticity, it not only allows other people to do the same for themselves, but allows them to see others in a different light. And yeah, it's just so, so beautiful. So do what's, what's something that you feel um, for yourself, that's a piece of you that you either shame or hide, whatever it is um, that you feel like is important to celebrate at the same time or more so. Um, I, I, I don't want to steal yours because you brought it up first, but it is the first thing that I, I thought of as well of like being a, a, like a highly emotional or sensitive person. I think that that often comes with a negative connotation of being sensitive or emotional and I think it's something that I like I, I celebrated in my work but didn't celebrate in my personal life so much mm. um but yeah getting more I think I, I I have been working on and have ways to go with getting more comfortable that like I am a highly sensitive highly emotional person yeah definitely I I agree obviously um it, I think it can be really easy to tie emotion as being too emotional or too needy or too, you know, sensitive. And I just feel like in so many ways, I've been trying to also like embrace that, like my level of emotions allows me to connect deeper with people. My my ability to empathize with others allows me to connect deeply as well. Like all these beautiful things that allow us to be more in tune, not only with who we are and with our own intuition, but allow us to do the same for other people and hold space for others in a way that I don't think everybody can. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong with those people. It just means that it's an extra gift. And I feel like I always looked at my sensitivity and my emotion as like, I don't want to say a curse because that's a little too dramatic. I just can't think of another word, but I would always look at it as the reason as to why people like walked all over me when I was younger. Like people always respected me for the level of, let me start that over, for the way, for how like nice and people pleasing I've always been. 
Um, I think people still respected me to a high level, but I totally went with the flow, not in like particularly dangerous situations or anything like that, but I very much would do things, I guess, in the essence of the word to please others or to fit in, or, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I say it out loud and I'm like, did I do anything crazy to fit in? Like, no, but I think I didn't like always share everything that was on my mind out of fear of like, you know, saying something that people didn't align with or whatever. And again, I think as we grow up, especially in middle school, elementary school, high school, even we're still learning who we are, you know? So it's not like wanting to shame that those versions of ourselves, but I think about it now and I'm like, dang, there's probably a lot of things I would have done differently, even in particular moments, like ones that stick with you, whether it's said something differently, stood up for someone differently, shared a thought that might have been seen as controversial that would have sparked some more like critical thinking amongst a group, like so many different things that I feel like now um, you and I would both handle differently. And I think that really does come with luckily what we've gotten to learn on the show, we've gotten to learn about ourselves. And it's, I just think it's so cool because the more that we start to embrace the ability to evolve and to really be authentic, like I like was looking back at pictures of myself just because I feel like pictures capture moments pictures Mm -hmm. capture memories and like place you back in a moment and I was like damn like I love that version of me but I don't even remember what it felt like to be her you know so yeah yeah I love what Glennon Doyle says about being a highly sensitive person is that it's because we're paying attention Mm. and I and whenever I feel shameful about reacting to something emotional because I think a lot of times what comes up for me when I'm having like a oftentimes when I'm passionate about something and it could be a positive thing, or if I'm having a, a, an intimate conversation with someone and it's, and I'm not, I'm not sad or upset, but I'll like be speaking and I'll start to cry when I'm speaking. And I get very embarrassed by that. Cause it's like, I'm not sad. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm sad. Like I'm not crying cause you're hurting me or cause I'm upset. Like I just get, it just, I just get emotional. And like, it's hard, like it's hard for me to, to speak, whether it is a passionate thing or like a, just a, a, a more difficult topic. Like it, it's hard for me to not cry when I talk. And I, I kind of hate that about myself because it's like, sometimes it gets in the way of my clarity or sometimes someone will take it as I'm upset about something, even though I'm not upset. Like this is just a bodily reaction. Like I'm not actually upset about something. Um, So I get very frustrated with that part of myself. And then I try to remember like, okay, like, no, like you, you're just, you're paying attention. Like you pay a lot of attention and there's so much beauty in that. Um, and I love, I look, Kristen Bell says it um, in a, in a YouTube video that you, have you ever seen that YouTube video where like Dax brings her the sloth for her birthday? No. Oh my God. It's the best video. Kristen Bell's like obsessed with sloths and she, um, so her husband, Dax Shepard brings her like a sloth for her birthday and he records her reaction and it's hilarious. She's like hysterical, cry, hysterical. Like you would have thought like someone died, how hysterical she was. Um, and she goes on Ellen and like Ellen, they're playing the video and they're talking about it and Kristen's laughing at herself. And she's like, there's just this thing. She's like, unless I'm between a three and a seven on the emotional scale, like if I'm too happy or I'm too sad, I'm crying. And yeah. I'm like, yes. I'm like, exactly. Like, I understand. Totally. And isn't it so crazy? Like the amount of 
the things that we tie to like crying in general, like we can, I'm sure we could do a whole freaking other episode on like crying as a form of weakness versus a form of expression versus like all these things. Like I think we're almost taught as we grow up that like crying only means you're sad and that something is wrong when like it can really reflect so many different things. Like the other day, like it could be a release. Like I think that a lot of times when I cry because I'm talking about something, it's because it has been on my mind for a long time, or it's tied to like a lot of energy, and that it's real. That I, I my body creates tears because it's just releasing some of that. It's not because I'm sad. It's just like releasing like the energy that was built up inside of me, and it has just no other way to get out. Like it just has to get yeah, out. Okay. Absolutely, and I feel like I've only recently like over the past few months maybe year um come to terms with like that it is a release I think I've always otherwise attributed it to sadness I think because obviously yes when you're sad you also cry and I think that because my moments where I like spent I I, like I don't know why I talk about it like this but of course whatever a couple years ago um I spent a lot of time crying and a lot of time being sad so I think I almost really really started to attribute like tears as like not a trigger per se but like as reflecting that something deeper is wrong when like now for example a couple weeks ago um me and Ashley went to see in the heights and I was literally just saying to her I'm like I just I want to cry like I literally want to cry nothing is wrong I'm upset about nothing I just want a release I think that's what it is yeah. And I don't, I don't think that everybody understands that. Like, I think that over time, either, whether you come to terms with it, um, like intellectually, or you just like start to accept it, whatever it is, but I think you have to have like that level of understanding and attributing it to actually being a release before actually being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like now I almost like, I could like watch a movie and like want to cry tonight. Nothing's wrong. Actually. Everything's like pretty, pretty dumb. but, um, just, but still, I don't know. So there's that. And then one of the things that came up when you were talking was I've totally had thoughts that crossed my mind in moments where I felt really, really emotional where I just would say to myself in my head or out loud or to my mom, like, I just wish I didn't care. Like, I wish I didn't care so much about whatever, about a person, about a situation, about all these things. And I've said that sentence. And then in moments when I'm not in the heat of it and not like spiraling, I've really been like, I don't actually wish that. I don't actually wish that I didn't care because yes, sometimes the level of emotion that I tie to things can be difficult because it allows me or makes me be more wrapped up in something than I perhaps need to be, like not needing to be as invested or dependent on that situation. But it's also my fucking superpower. And I know it's yours too. Like I know time and time again, I get told, I know people tell me it about you, whether in passing or whether about the show or whatever, that we have such a beautiful ability to make people feel understood and heard and cared for and valued. And like, it's so a superpower. So to wish that we didn't have that or to wish that we simply didn't care would entirely negate that superpower. So it's just, it's so crazy that we get so hung up. Right, or how I think it, 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 it's a testament to how we can, you know, shame certain parts of ourselves that really ought to be celebrated and everybody has their own thing. Someone might be like, oh yeah, that's one, that's my thing too. But it could be, it could be anything for anyone else, whether it's being, you know, shaming your creativity or shaming your sexual identity or your, you know, whatever it, whatever it is. A lot of the times those things that we shame about ourselves can often turn into our superpowers, right? Or, you know, let's say someone with like, you know, mental health issues that they've shamed their whole lives, like, 
I know like for, for my dad, like I'm sure his whole life, he shamed himself for his depression, his anxiety, whatever mental health issue he was dealing with at the time. And like now, like that's his passion. It's his work. Like he turned that into, you know, not saying that it's easy. He still deals with all that stuff, but finding a way to to not shame it so much and turn it into something that could be your superpower or your passion or, you know, I think that everyone might have something like that within them that we push away. And that was the, that was part of the theme um, that Ross Rayburn was talking about, about those parts that we like push away or don't give light to how instead can we just look, just look at it a little bit with, with an idea of celebration. And so I would encourage everyone to look inward a little bit and think about maybe the some of those parts that that we um keep below the surface and maybe that maybe they ought to be celebrated yeah absolutely that's so beautiful do you have other ones um yeah I can name a few um I think something else that I shame is sometimes my like I think I've needed this less over time and I'm sure we could dive into that but my need for like um reminders of like my need for words of affirmation specifically from my boyfriend Um, I think I've needed them or felt this like deep inclination to need them less over the past year. And I'm, you know, wonder if that has to do with me finding a little bit more worth in myself and just like trust and belief in myself and my intuition and in our relationship. But sometimes I would be like, what the hell? Like I would literally say to myself, dude, you've been together for a lifetime. (laughs) Um, Of course he loves you, you know, but just something so interesting about like the way that we feel loved and, and the way that we feel I guess celebrated and cared for and special something else that I shame about myself sometimes is I think a lot of people will like look at my routines and structures and for some people they're like you go bitch like you go girl I fucking love that you show up for yourself in these ways and for some people I think I feel this judgment of you know but are you spontaneous like is there too much structure too much routine and then in turn it causes me to question that about myself um and being like, oh, am I not spontaneous enough? Am I, am I not fun enough? Am I not living my life to the fullest? When um, when I really try and turn something and, and celebrate aspects that allow me to create so much more freedom in my life as a result of having these routines. Oh, Can no. I ask you about one? Oh yeah, of course. What about like the artist part of yourself? Like the singer part of yourself, the that kind of creative part of yourself? Have you felt like maybe you've given, you've, you've pushed that down a little bit or given it less light because it's less acceptable to do that as an adult, if that's not your career? 100%. I literally, someone was saying to me today at work, he was like, uh, talking about side hustles and stuff. And he was saying, oh yeah, well, if you're looking to make some extra money, like, why don't you put yourself out there and like, look to sing at some weddings now that they're opening up again. And I like almost laughed in his face. Cause I was like, <laughs> like what makes you think I could sing at a wedding? Um, like, it's so funny. Cause I'm actually, and then I thought about, it, I was like, oh my God, wait, I am singing at a wedding next year. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely 100%. I very much feel like I'm not, and I've like processed it to an extent, but like, I'm not allowed to um, you know, be on a stage to sing, to put market myself even at all as a singer. Like when people, and this again, very few and far between, but when people reach out to me and hear like a song on iTunes or a song on Spotify, and again, does not happen often. See, I'm already making excuses for myself, but they'll be like, Hey, did you want to co-write this? Hey, do you want to write this piece? And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, I'm like, why would they think me of all people? Meanwhile, like I've been defined as a singer for more of my life than not, but just because it's not like recent and 
because I didn't go to school for it. Like, I feel like the entertainment world is obviously very crazy and hard, you know, that firsthand. But I do feel like for me making that choice to not pursue music, pursue theater, pursue performing in general, almost made me feel like I don't have permission to like explore that part of myself, um, especially professionally. Like even often I feel that in terms of like as a hobby. And then I try and just like push beyond that. Like before the pandemic, um, I like did a community theater show and then it broke and closed down. Um, (laughs) I recorded a song not too, too long ago, but like very much so when people ask me about if I even sing, especially new people who don't know the history, I like push it away like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting? I think that that comes probably a lot of from like society thoughts around creativity and artist, how we can push, we can push things that are so inherently part of ourselves down so easily if it doesn't fit into a a, a proper quote unquote mold. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that comes with the entertainment industry, especially being like, you have to want it so fucking badly or else like or else it's not enough or something or because there's so much something because you love it like it doesn't have to be a career yeah and it's it's so funny because I really I do think that there there just is so much of like you know obviously you know that there's a lot of rejection and all that stuff and I think that there's like a particular I don't know when people make the choice to pursue it as a career I feel like there's this idea that like okay they're making the choice they're making the choice to go into the trenches therefore like don't not don't get in the way because again I wouldn't be pursuing this professionally but it's almost like you didn't want it bad enough so you don't deserve to be like in the arena if you will right it doesn't fit into the mold yeah very interesting a lot of people do that with their creativity especially as we get older you know if you're not in the like you said if you're not in the track of doing it professionally and you're not making money from it I think a lot of times adults are shamed a little bit for creativity or artistry and it's it's sad to me like how the world would be so much more beautiful if we all you know were tapped into that part of ourselves and gave room to that part of ourselves more instead of feeling like it has you know we're not worthy of it we're all worthy of it creativity yeah yeah it is weird to think about because I I think about how much joy like I can't I can't get out of my head now that like I define myself as a performer for more of my life than then I didn't, right? Like it was what up until fucking college. I was literally an acapella group in college. But just because I feel like, especially with like being an artist, because it feels like such a, I don't know, something you have to work for or work towards when you can really just like be and just express. Yeah, you can just, uh, yeah. So weird. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about like what the roles in our lives that we play are and like what we, what we feel that we can claim and what we feel that we can't, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, I could claim I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an actor, I'm a podcaster, I'm a dog mom, you know, but like, what parts do I feel that I can't claim? What roles do I play or want to play that I feel like I don't have a right to claim? You know, it's interesting to think about it in that, in that aspect. Yeah. Well, I think our identity like does come like we, our identity is made up of the things that we do or don't do consistently. Right. So I think when we're trying to create a new identity, creating habits around the identity we're trying to create to therefore prove that we're capable or worthy or whatever is what a lot of people do to create it. Mm -hmm. But what about things that we might not be practicing as often that have been a piece of ourselves in the past that we're not trying to like, let go of, like, at least for me, I feel so defined by in a lot of ways, the way that I spend my time, right? Like I would define myself more as a podcaster than a singer. Meanwhile, my voice didn't just go away. It didn't just flush down the toilet overnight. Like it's still here. <laughs> like I could probably turn on a karaoke track right now and and do the damn thing. But like, 
I, I don't, it's as if it wasn't even there. And it's so weird because I really feel like, oh, Brenda, the, the girl that sings, like used to be such a phrase in the same line, you know? Like I remember being in like elementary school and people just being like, can you sing for me? Oh and now I would just want to like probably throw up if someone asked me to do that. Right, but the whole idea of this and whatever it is for you you know, give a little room or at least try to give a little room to celebrate those parts of yourselves. And it could be something much deeper. Brent Brent and I are really kind of talking about more surface level things, but like it could be, it could be much deeper of um, a part of yourself that you, that you push away or don't give light to. And maybe just try to, instead of feeling like we don't, we're not worthy of that, or we can't claim that, or we can't share that, maybe a little bit try to celebrate that. Yeah, definitely. No, I want to be intentional about that, especially now that uh, life is opening back up a little bit. I would love to find a moment in time to get a little bit of my creative juices flowing in that type of way because I miss it. I really do. But something that came up and I want to ask you because I know we're probably running close to time. I don't even know what freaking time it is, but um, something that I'm sure we could do a whole episode on that I know we've wanted to do and never have is I also feel like I not intentionally, but just because I've lived in New York and lived in America longer than than I've lived in Paraguay, which is where my family's from and where I was born. See, I say my family's from. I was fucking born there. All right. Yeah, um, but, I, yeah but I feel it's one of those things that I feel like I can't claim, even though it's like very much a part of my identity. Like, and this is no shame or shade to anyone, but I feel like there are a lot of people that like maybe their parents or like grandparents or great grandparents are from a certain place and they so heavily identify with their culture. Um, and like, you know, wear the freaking flag on their chest, get a tattoo of their flag and all these things. And for me, I'm like, oh my God, I was, I was truly born there. I, I have experienced, even if I was little living there, I speak the language at home. And even so I would love to eventually dive into the like depths of like, what makes me feel like I can't, like, I don't, I, not that I don't identify as, as, you know, with my culture or anything like that, because I do but why I don't like embrace that more in the day-to-day, you know? Yeah, no, that would be an interesting topic, like cultural identity and what we feel like we can, what communities we can feel like that we can be a part of or, or are not a part of. And yeah. That would what be- about you though? Is there something, um, as we're rounding out this amazing episode, is there something that like comes up for you that you feel like you'd push down? I think that was the biggest one um, that I can think of right now. Mm-hmm. I would have to think about it more. Yeah. Are there any pieces of, this is just like flowing on the top of my head right now. Is there any piece of you that you feel like ever, because I feel like when we're like in group settings and again, I don't mean you just like in general, like sometimes people feel the need to put on an aspect of like a performance to an extent. Have you ever felt that pressure, whether it's around like a certain group of people versus another, like you had to, not like a true performance, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like, push some- a, like push a part of my personality more than another. Yeah. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Especially I think, especially I think like earlier, like in college when I didn't feel as tied to like my authenticity and like when I didn't feel as comfortable as just showing up as I am. Like, I think now I much more show up as me in most environments, but yeah, I'm in, in college. Totally. I would push my, like push parts of my personality at certain times that like didn't really feel or authentic or would go home and be like "Mm, I didn't really have fun doing that or like that actually made me uncomfortable or like I think that's totally true yeah definitely I feel like a lot of people run into that it's so it's so easy I think especially when you're in a group if you haven't asked yourself 
the questions or if you haven't gotten clear on why it is that you're doing something, even as recent as college, like you said, that wasn't, it's not like it was light years ago for both of us. And I think about even, even with being people that like love to achieve and whatnot, like I think about even like certain awards and stuff like that, that I'm grateful and, and lucky to have gotten and whatnot but I'm like I what like why was I doing that like what did that actually I don't know I've just thought about like what purpose did that really serve it's a piece of fucking paper why did I work so hard for like validation and that sense you know um just like all different things like that so if this helps in any way you guys there's so much in which we can create and shift and so many ways in which we can learn more about ourselves and learn more about the world and make space to make others feel more comfortable to be their authentic selves in the same way that we can hopefully do that for ourselves and know that the right people that we want to be surrounded by will love and accept us for who we are as we grow, as we evolve. And of course, there are going to be people in our lives that will be honest with us throughout the way if there's something that doesn't feel aligned, right, depending on what it is. But embracing who it is that we actually are when you don't have that cognitive dissonance because if something in your mind and then your heart is telling you something totally different you're not going to feel present you're not going to feel fulfilled you're just going to feel stuck and confused and misaligned so um, we definitely encourage you to take some inventory on how it is that you're showing up in different friend groups and the workplace for yourself I think one I think one thing about myself that is newer it's not that it's newer. It's that I pushed it down for so long that it feels new, but I know in my heart that it's not new. It just, I just pushed this part of myself down for so long is like being very, I don't even know the right word for it. The negative word is selfish, but that's not the truth of it. That is what society teaches women who choose independence and in themselves. Like, it's not actually selfish, but it is like an independence, which I think I very much pushed down for a very long time because I also am a people pleaser and I also am an empath. So like, I, I think I often put away my, I, my free spiritness or my um, independence be, to, in order to to care for people around me, but I, um, it's a part of myself that is calling out to not be ignored anymore. And it's definitely been hard to celebrate that part of myself instead of shame that part of myself, because I pushed that part of myself down for so long. I think my whole life. Definitely. Yeah. It's interesting to be in a season where it's like very much calling to be heard. Like I cannot ignore her anymore. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's a really interesting one because I think with any other things, especially once you've not only trained yourself, but trained people around you to know you as a different version of you, it's an adjustment period, right? In the same way that we evolve, you know, and may love someone or something or a particular job or hobby in the same way that we change our minds about that, us recognizing that there's a part of us that we haven't paid attention to that's going to be different for people around us, for them to adjust to and learn how to navigate, especially when it comes to people pleasing. Like I, it's just so true. You know, when people are so used to hearing, yes, 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 of course, whatever makes you comfortable, you know, in, in whichever way, 
Um, it's weird when you, the first time you say, no, I'm actually going to do this. And whenever you set your boundaries, you know, it can be as, as simple as like with work, right? Let's say you have a boss that calls you every second of the day. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm actually not available right now. Or you don't pick up, you know, for them, it's like a little shaking because you're such a yes person. Yeah. So it can be used in so many different areas, but I think that I've, although I'm certain that even for people in our lives, it's an adjustment to have that. I think that you've still grown into a much more authentic version of you as a result of like really asking yourself, what do I actually want and how do I show up in this way? And it doesn't mean disrespecting people in your life, it just means, you know, no longer disrespecting yourself for the comfort of other people. Yeah. Well, on that note, I encourage everyone to celebrate those parts of themselves that may feel uncomfortable or new or different or unworthy or shameful or unacceptable. Let's try to celebrate those pieces a little more because also, as Ross mentioned, like the truth is that the more we love ourselves, the more we're able to, more we are, the more we love and accept ourselves as who we genuinely are the more we're able to love and accept others. And I think, you know, if we're, if we're here to do anything, it's gotta be that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like love, baby. Nothing like love. Well, I hope everybody had an incredible pride celebration. We are celebrating with you. Um, I hope everyone can celebrate a part of themselves this week, journal about it, do a yoga practice to it. And we're going to be talking about more yoga things on Thursday. I'm so excited for that. Yes. Heck yes. It's going to be so great. Thank you guys for your love, your support, your everything every single week. We love you. And remember, you are 10 out of 10, baby. Yeah, you are. Go celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Love you lots. Love ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.